Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk podcast all right happy wednesday morning welcome into the mark cox morning show it is the day after the new hampshire primary we all now know that despite the fact that uh, vultures gulch voted for nikki haley it was donald trump who got a resounding victory in new hampshire a double digit victory despite all of the the um I don't know, false reporting, maybe the false hopes by the mainstream media in this country and the establishment and the swamp and MSDNC and CNN and all the rest of them. Donald Trump won. Uh, Nikki Haley needs to drop out. In fact, I believe uh, Kim St. Ange, which you haven't reminded me of yet, which you're supposed to do. Uh, I have a Twitter poll up uh, on this very subject, which you can uh, go vote on before the end of the show. And it, it's a pretty simple one. President Trump won. Nikki Haley lost. Uh, she promises to carry on anyway. Should she, A, drop out now, B, wait for the results from South Carolina a month from now, or C, just go ahead and switch parties? Uh, your choice. Go ahead and vote at Mark Cox 971 there on Twitter and uh, let us know. Uh, you've got two and a half hours left to cast your vote in the Twitter poll. We'll let you know what the people are thinking. Here's what I'll that. say. I yes. am surprised Nikki did as well as she did Last night in New Hampshire. I mean, I, I certainly expected her to be, you know, down double digits as she was from Trump, but I didn't expect her to get in the 40s. Well, she got a lot of Democrat and neocon votes in uh, New Hampshire. Well, and that's the thing. It's right? very telling that even with all of that, Trump still obliterated her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so so just so you know who her voters are, they, they're never Trumpers or they are independents who Support Joe Biden, but he wasn't on the ballot there yesterday. So they just voted for Haley um, as, as something to do. So we, we know who, why she got the number of votes she got. New Hampshire is really not very reflective of the nation. So we're not all that worried about it. Uh, but it, it was, you know, it was a 12 or 13 point win. I really expected it would be above 15 percent, but it was close. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Yeah, it, it was it was close. We're going to talk more about New Hampshire coming up shortly uh, as Paul St. Ange, uh, uncle of Kim, who lives in New Hampshire, who was on the ground yesterday at these uh, uh, precincts up there uh, caucusing for Donald Trump. Paul, uh, you know, out there carrying a sign, trying to get people to vote for him. I'm anxious to see how the whole thing went, what what the turnout was like. Uh, we'll get to him coming up here at about 620. So I'm thrilled that he's going to give us a little bit of time this morning. And next hour, we've got the Doobie Brothers giveaway. 
We are going to talk to Anthony Russo, who is one of the political analysts and and the host of the uh, Truth Will Set You Free podcast. Love getting him on here. I want to get his take on what happens next. All right, how much longer? How much money does Nikki Haley have in the bank that she can just support continued campaigning when she mathematically is eliminated from winning at this point? Pretty much, she's not. She's not even running in Nevada. So we'll talk to Anthony at about 735. And Bill Eigel is going to join us at 820 this morning to talk about the complete mess that is the Missouri Senate right now with a very childlike temper tantrum thrown yesterday by leadership down there to strip Missouri Freedom Caucus members of their parking spots. Oh, and their leadership positions on certain committees just because they don't like the fact that they're pushing for IP reform. Hmm. Who could possibly be behind that? We're going to talk to Bill Eigel at about 820. Right now, let's get to the top stories, please. The Mark Cox Shortlist. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. That's right. Shame on you, New Hampshires. We're going to have to move on to South Carolina where they can teach you a thing or two about who to support. You know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. <laughs> she lost bigly, bigly in New Hampshire yesterday. Uh, yeah, she got a few hundred thousand votes. She got 120,000 votes, something like that. But still, she lost and she wouldn't admit it. They feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. That is Dean Phillips. He's the Democrat congressman running against Joe Biden. And while he lost up there in New Hampshire last night, the man is making a lot of sense these days. So, you know, before we go down the road of, you know, doing what, you know, following suit on some of these other cities are taking action on. Um, you know, my, my idea would be, let's, let's find out. (laughs) You know who that is, Kim? That's Josh McBroom. You know Josh, don't you? He's the Naperville councilman out of Illinois. I saw this and I love it. Oh my gosh. So, you know, Naperville is just, uh, to the, what the, the North and West of Chicago a little bit. Very wealthy area. Affluent suburb of Chicago. Uh, and you know, the mayor of Chicago it's all those nasty Republicans' faults that he's got all of these illegal aliens living all over his city in tents and hotels, and they don't know what to do with them. They're a sanctuary city, but they were not at all prepared for being a sanctuary for anyone. Well, now what they're trying to do is push them off on the burbs. And you, you can bet that Naperville, like many of these you know, uh, uh, affluent communities— They've got a bunch of limousine liberals who who think, oh, it'd be such a great idea. We should take some of them. And you can just in, you can hear these conversations going on in Naperville or maybe Frontenac or some of the places around here. You can just hear it. Why don't we do, you know, down in Webster, why don't we take some of the illegals down here? The question is, where do you put them? Mm-hmm. And then I hear the phrase that comes to mind is. Is f around and find out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, that This is this is what I'm hearing Councilman Josh McBroom say in this soundbite, he goes, I, I've got a proposal for you. Think about this. So, you know, before we go down the road of, you know, 
doing what, you know, following suit on some of these other cities are taking action on. Um, you know, my, my idea would be let's let's find out. Yeah, and, and I have no idea what Josh McBroom's politics are. I, I don't. Um, but Josh McBroom is has clearly full of common sense because he wants to test the waters of all of these limousine liberals who feel so good about all this, who live in, I'm sure, uh, many multi-million dollar homes up there in Naperville, Illinois. Uh, for all I know, they all voted for J.B. Pritzker. Uh, maybe they identify with his many mansions. I, I don't know. But the, this Naperville councilman's got an idea. You've got you got a mansion. You've got a lot of extra rooms. Let's let's find out. You know, we do have a, a very affluent community, a lot of big homes. And um, what I'd like to do is direct staff to create a sign-up sheet. So, you know, for individuals that would be willing to house migrant families. Um, and if there's people that would do that, God bless them. Um, so if we could raise, raise awareness in that way, um, I think we need to find out. I think we need to find out who would be willing to house migrant families. This is like the reparations fund, the voluntary reparations fund in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Let's check back in a year. Let's call the city of Naperville and be like, hey, uh, city of Naperville, how many people have you had volunteer to open up their homes to these illegals? Can you imagine? Not a uh, let me, single let me guess. one of them are going to do it. Goose egg. Goose <laughs> egg. Just exactly. like, what was it, $1,200 over two years that they've, just shy of two years they've raised for the Voluntary Reparations Fund here in the city of St. Louis? Sure. Mm-hmm. Remember when all of those illegals got flown into the Hamptons up there by the state of Florida? And they were, they didn't know what to do. They were pissed off. They were overwhelmed. One of the richest areas in the country uh, with a lot of probably empty beach houses, they could have opened up and housed these people there because the owners probably aren't there but a couple weeks a year. But oh no, no, don't don't be asking us to do that. You gotta you gotta put these people somewhere else. And the next day they they rented buses and shipped them off to the city. Because they want to deal with them. Yeah. I, I think anybody like a Megan Green here in the city of St. Louis, if she has any policy that would say bring illegals here and want these <laughs> residents to host them, she should have to be the guinea pig for that. That Boom. is what I would support. If you do it and you survive for, I don't know, maybe a three-month trial run, then maybe we'll consider doing it. But you do it first. Let's see how it goes with your test run. If you live in the city of St. Louis and you want a bunch of illegals to come in here that you know nothing about, I invite you to sleep with your door unlocked for the rest of the year and tell me how that works out because you would never do that. But you think it's okay for the U.S. to leave the door open. This is ridiculous is what it is. And I love Josh McBroom up in Naperville. We'll have to follow up on that story uh, because the media won't, and we'll find out what happened up there. My guess is, just like Kim said, zero. Coming up, Paul St. Ange, uncle of Kim on what it was like to be part of the New Hampshire primary yesterday. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know, last last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around. I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. Well, that was Donald Trump last night during his victory speech after winning the New Hampshire primary. And this morning, we're lucky enough to be joined by a big Trump supporter in New Hampshire and just so happens to be my uncle, Paul St. Ange. Good morning. Good morning, Kim. Hey, thanks for giving us some time this morning. You and I were catching up yesterday and you were saying you were going door to door for hours on Sunday. And then you actually held a Trump sign outside one of the polling locations for hours yesterday. What what kind of a reaction were you getting doing all of that? Well, I'll, I'll start with the door to door. It's about four hours. Or excuse me, three hours for the door to door on Sunday. Uh, you know, a lot of not homes. Uh, weren't at home, or uh, but I got a chance to talk to a lot, of, a lot of people that were supporting Trump, not supporting Trump, goes all the way around. But I did walk seven and a half miles because <laughs> it's rural up here, and there's a little distance between the houses. Wow. Uh, but I saw about 75 people at their homes, and so that was positive. And then we held signs. I held signs with some patriots of friends of mine, uh, at two different polls for about four hours yesterday. Were people receptive so, to it, or what were they saying with you standing out there holding Trump signs? Oh, uh, the, the the two uh, communities that I went to, Hampstead and Kingston, which is my hometown, uh, the response was really positive. We our towns both had sixty over sixty percent for Trump, and we felt that yesterday. So that we were getting the, the fist pumps. And people coming over and talking, and they just talked about the things that they were most concerned about. Uh, the mega people were very enthusiastic, very positive. Uh, they were talking about things like, you know, uh, you know the, the immigration problem, mostly about the economy. Also, uh, Trump was a proven entity. We're going back to Trump because we know what he did, and we know what he accomplished. And so that was kind of really the, the bulk of it, uh, people coming over and expressing themselves. And we talked to a lot of people. I was holding a sign with a person that uh, a rep of ours, 30 years representing our town in, in the New Hampshire State Congress. So yeah. we had a great time and, and a, lots of great conversation. It, it sounds like, you know, Paul, I, I saw the pictures of people camping out in what appeared to be snowy conditions uh, last week, waiting to see Trump for one of these rallies. Did you get to go to any of his rallies when, when he came to New Hampshire? I didn't get to the rallies. No, I did not. Uh, but, 
you know, that is something that the mega crowd, of course, but New Hampshire in general takes a lot of pride. And they support all the candidates here. That's our history, uh, uh, tradition, as far as the, uh, you know, the, the primary is concerned. Up here, they take the responsibility very seriously. They discern, they listen, uh, and they support these candidates. And, and Trump's numbers were overwhelming up here. For all his rallies, we did, we had a flag ra- uh, waving. It was another event that we did, uh, one at the main intersections here in New Hampshire, and uh, you know people were honking left and right. So we thought, you know, my feeling was that the enthusiasm was at a peak here for Donald Trump and uh, and the mega movement, um, and 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 all the. Uh, all the, the, the rallies that he had were overwhelmingly supported. You did uh, get to talk to Carrie Lake, though, right? What, what was that like? Well, that was uh, I was over in Hampstead, which is a town next to us. And, uh, of course, she came over to visit. And I, I would say right away, as advertised, uh, Carrie Lake was very impressive. Uh, we had about 20 people holding signs at the poll station. And, of course, she came over, she talked to the group a little bit, and then she took her time and went one by one by one. She spoke to me and another person for three to five minutes. Wow. She's, she's, and, a, uh, she's a bit of a natural. Would you, uh, do you have any thoughts on who you'd like to see Trump pick as a vice president? Would you like her? Well, I would go for her. But I, there's a whole list of people, as you know, <laughs> that I think would all qualify. And he's got a big decision on his hands. But I'm confident, we're confident he's going to make the right decision. But Carrie Lake was calm, looked you right in the eye, very personable. But inside, we all know, and everybody commented, she's got a warrior's heart. Yeah. The, the last, we have about a minute left. I mean, what was the vibe like? Did the polling location seem pretty packed yesterday? Yeah, there was really good activity, steady, all day, coming in and out. And again, the the, the takeaways from here, there's there's a lot of questions after these primaries, uh, but the activity was good. There were over 300,000 votes, uh, and so, you know, there were 54,000 people wrote in for Biden, which was shocking. I don't know where these... Uh, undeclared and independents went. But there was a lot of crossover. I'll give you one thing that was a takeaway. Trump, 70% of Republicans voted for Trump. Only 25% voted for Nikki Haley. Wow. Joe, you need to know. Paul, thanks for all you did in New Hampshire. We appreciate it. Great great to meet you. Well, thanks, and uh, great talking to you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Bye, Uncle Paul. All right. right. Thank you, Uncle Paul. That was fantastic that he got to meet uh, that that he got to meet Carrie and loved her. I know. Fantastic. Very impressive in person. Must be her television news background. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. That's got to be it. All right. Coming up, we're going to get you a check of business. We got in other news coming up in our Doobie Brother ticket giveaway in the seven o'clock hour. Stay tuned. So somebody sent me a picture yesterday. I'll have to show it to you. They're driving around. There is a pickup truck in front of them. It was a Ford, black Ford pickup truck with a temporary tag that expired in 2018. No, it did not. It did. 2018? How is that a thing? (sighs) Why? There's no way they haven't passed hundreds of police officers since 2018, if not more. And nobody's ever thought, 
We should pull that car over and find out why it's illegally on the road because odds are it's not insured either. Yeah, you know, I went to the DMV yesterday to renew mine and I forgot some paperwork, so I turned around. But I don't want to go stand in that line and pay that fee, but guess what? I have to, so I do it. Mark Harder has been talking about this, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up. He, He wants police to pay more attention to this problem because there are millions of tax dollars that are just left that haven't been paid as a result of it. So we'll get to that for you coming up right now. Let's get to Nicole. Nicole Murray. Good morning to you. Good morning. Is that a problem in up, up in your neck of the woods? Do people drive around with expired license plates all the time? Oh, I did it for the longest time in my early 20s until my dad realized and uh, and corrected that real quick. Yeah. I was going to say, Nicole, were you the one driving around with the 2018 expired plates yesterday? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of stuff to keep up with in adulthood. I'm doing my best. There you go. I get it. What's going on out there? Okay. So futures are slightly higher. Tuesday, the Dow Industrials were down 96, the NASDAQ up 65, and the S&P 500 up 14. The FAA is investigating after a nose wheel of a Boeing 757 jet fell off and rolled away while the plane was waiting for takeoff clearance. Nearly 200 passengers were removed from the plane and put on a replacement flight. There were no injuries. Meanwhile, FAA administrators are on site at Boeing 737 MAX factory and will remain there until the agency is convinced the manufacturer's quality control system is working. Netflix shares jumped in extended trading after reporting an additional 13.1 million subscribers during the fourth quarter of 2023. The surge is due to the streaming giant's crackdown with password sharing and more affordable ad-supported memberships. Net income exceeded expectations with over $937 million versus the $55 million experts predicted. Revenue came in at $8.83 billion. Netflix now has over 260 million monthly subscribers total. And more on the streaming giant, Netflix is also preparing customers and investors for more price hikes to come. The streaming giant revealed the news via its quarterly investor letter. No word on when prices will increase or by how much. Currently, a standard Netflix subscription in the U.S. costs $15.49. The ad tier costs $6.99. Netflix just announced it will be spending more than $5 billion to air WWE's Raw for the next five years. eBay is the next company announcing layoffs. It will cut 9% of its workforce or approximately 1,000 jobs as the tech industry continues to downsize this year. CEO Jamie Iannone told employees the job cuts are necessary because overall headcount and expenses have outpaced the growth of the business. Employees are being asked to work from home today to offer privacy for these difficult conversations. The stock rose more than 3% in extended trading. Tesla said it wants to start production of a new electric vehicle codenamed Redwood starting mid-2025. The car is being described as a compact crossover. The entry-level $25,000 car will help the automaker compete with cheaper gasoline-powered cars and a growing number of inexpensive electric vehicles being made by Chinese manufacturers such as BYD. Tesla says it expects a 21 percent rise in 2024 deliveries, well below Musk's target of 50 percent he set three years ago. The average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage increased to 6.78 percent, up from 6.75 percent the week prior. The Mortgage Bankers Association says that 
there continues to be an upward trend in purchase activity. Demand, however, was still 18% lower than the same week one year ago when late rates were lower. Applications to refinance a home fell 7% for the week and were 8% lower than a year ago. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage across the country is now 6.92%. The IRS has announced a new initiative to redesign and simplify common tax documents. The current forms sent to remind taxpayers of outstanding balances or errors on their returns are complicated, confusing, and filled with legal jargon. The redesigned versions are shorter with clearer language about the steps taxpayers Payers need to take. Letters affecting about 20 million taxpayers will be dispersed for the current 2024 tax season. The filing season kicks off January 29th. A bank rate study shows most Americans can afford, can't afford a $1,000 emergency expense. 56% of U.S. adults lack the emergency funds to handle this last-minute fee, and one-third said they would have to borrow the money to cover the costs. The older the respondent was, the more likely they were able to afford it from their savings. 59% of baby boomers said they could handle the $1,000 expense, 43% of millennials, 36% of Gen Xers, and 31% of Gen Zers. And ew, a woman claims she found a literal trash bag at the bottom of her McDonald's Oreo McFlurry. What? How does a whole trash bag fit into the bottom of a McFlurry container? So I think it was like a little bit more mini, but she pulls it out in this TikTok video and it was like folded up. So I, I don't know if it was on purpose or wow. what, but yeah, she's gone viral. Sounds like a lawsuit. I love a good yeah. McFlurry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lawsuit, yeah, but what about the ice cream? When the like, machine's working. Ice cream? When the machine's working. Yeah, it's really, if, if, right? if it's not broken, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so we'll much. Talk to you Friday. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm like a dog on the bone. She she's she's getting back to you know the 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 tax issue there and whether or not people have a, can pay a thousand dollars for an emergency expense. Yeah, that's wild. Do they not you know follow what? the Dave Ramsey approach? I don't know, but you're most don't. But your taxes that are due on your car when you buy it are not an emergency expense. If you can afford to buy the car, you can afford to pay the taxes. Uh, yeah. And it gets me back to this uh, story that uh, Mark Carter has been uh, on Channel 4 today talking about. And that is that that is whether or not police are doing enough to crack down on these temporary tags. And and I uh, the statistics show there's not been much of an increase since 2019, even though there's been encouragement to uh, pull more people over and ask those questions. Listen. Corey, Sam, we're along Page here. This is one of the areas St. Louis County Police regularly patrol, but tonight they're getting called out. Some believe they are being lax when it comes to cracking down on those temporary tags. Keep an eye on the road and it won't take long to spot an expired tag. Tens of thousands of them are on the streets and St. Louis County Council member Mark Carter wants to do something about it. We're seeing a uh, plethora of paper license plates that are out of date. Yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Until they put more teeth into the violation, it's probably not worth the time of a lot of the officers to, to stop. If it's just a, an ordinance violation, it's nothing. Yeah. But what they were trying to do is attach a fine to it, saying if this is expired, it's more than just a, a, a late fee. It's a couple of hundred dollars. If we pull you over, writing you a ticket for a couple of hundred dollars for not taking care of that. KMOV reported at the end of this story, this number stunned me. You know how much money, it, let me see if I can find it here, how much money is left hanging out there 
Because of this, listen. To be included in the purchase is insane. In fact, the Missouri Department of Revenue is owed more than $78 million in delinquent state, local, and penalty fees from expired tags. Oh, my gosh. $78 million statewide of people who wanted a new car but were too damn lazy mm-hmm. to pay the taxes on it, and they just drive around, and they've never paid taxes on their purchase. Yeah. So if you're a law-abiding citizen, you wouldn't pay your taxes. Yeah, I think st- increase the penalty for people, and then also maybe give the police officers like a kickback. Like, hey, if you, get, if you write this many tickets, you're going to get this amount of money. If you make it a competition and they get money, they will absolutely I go like write it. those tickets. I like it. Yeah. It'll be like a bounty. Put a bounty on yeah. those things. That's a great idea. All right, I've run over here. Let's uh, get to Ethan with other news coming up right after the break. Stay tuned. What's happening? Go, you know the you know the thing. What the hell is going on? In other news. The nominees for this year's Oscars were announced yesterday and Oppenheimer came out on top with 13 nominations. Followed by Poor Things with 11 nods. Killers of the Flower Moon is also a strong contender with 10 nominations. <laughs> Mark's favorite movie, apparently. Uh, Barbie earned eight nominations, but Greta Gerwig was not named for Best Director, nor was Margot Robbie nominated for Best Actress in the leading role. They were not the only snubs. It looks like Willem Dafoe did not get a nomination for Poor Things. Leo DiCaprio was also not nominated, and Bradley Cooper was not nominated for Best Director for Maestro. But Martin Scorsese did get a record 10th directing (laughs) Oscar Passing Why just rub it in to Mark? Why don't you mention the Kentucky score as well? <laughs> and Kentucky lost by a million points. <laughs> so I, let me do this public service announcement. For all of you people that some, I know there are people that say, I'm going to go see these Oscar-nominated movies. If you are easily offended, do not go watch Poor Things because Emma Stone is naked a lot and has a lot of sex in it. And if that is... Really? Yes. Huh. So are you trying to encourage people to watch it or <laughs> no, discourage them here, Take Carl. that however you want. But some people are going to be like, hey, I'm going to go see this poor things. I've heard it's up for a lot of stuff. If you are easily offended by nudity and a lot of sex... Don't go. Save yeah, yourself. Right. Okay. I never care Good enough to, to go watch the movies that are nominated. Never. But, but there are some people there that are. do. And, you know, when they're at Frontenac and they look, oh, let's go see this one. Be warned. You've been warned. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> Nicole mentioned this earlier. Um, Netflix and the WWE struck a deal to move Monday Night Raw to the streamer beginning in 2025. For a $500 million per year is what it's going to cost them. Wow. The deal is valued at $500 million per year for 10 years or a whopping $5 billion commitment by the streamer. Netflix has the option to opt out after the initial five years and to extend for an additional 10 years if they decide, you know, hey, this is working. Kim, you better sign back up. They're going to need your membership. Uh, no. Raw is the longest running weekly show in television currently 31 years and it's their biggest show and it's coming I, to Enterprise i guess Center. i yeah i'm just not a big uh, fan the thing wrestling. i don't think people Same. are talking about though this is a live show and this is going to be netflix i think first live show uh they did that chris rock did they live thing hmm. i thought their first live show was something else and it was like an epic fail it was a reunion show for oh, love, yeah. is love is blind and it was a total fail it was like an hour late getting on the air yeah so I guess we'll see what happens with uh, WWE. <laughs> they got a lot of fans. They're not going to want to wait. 
Um, an 18-year staple of a California community is being forced to shutter its business, but not for the lack of profits. The Oakland location of the fast food franchise In-N-Out Burger is succumbing to safety concerns due to rampant crime in the area. Um, they had a COO, Denny Warnick. He's from In-N-Out. He said, despite taking repeated steps to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robbery. So they are moving <sighs> out of quitting. Oakland. Good for them. Think yes. how much more profitable they would have been if they didn't have to deal with that stuff. Yep. That's crazy. That's crazy. You may so, want to think twice. Uh, sorry, Mark. I didn't know you were going. Go ahead. Uh, you might want to think twice by the next time you go reaching for an energy drink when you need a pick-me-up. A new study shows energy drinks have been linked to a number of harmful health effects, including depression Duh. and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and anxiety. It's chemicals. Yes, Leave my monster exactly. alone. Particularly Ugh. among children and young adults. So. See, I'm I don't not like a child drinks. or like young adults. So I'm good. You know, uh, you know, you know what was the worst in. combination? You remember Four Loco? Wasn't that supposed to be like an energy drink and a ton of when alcohol? It was alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it was alcohol. It alcohol it. It's like a highball. <laughs> I've had right? one. It was yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is building a giant compound in Hawaii. The compound is set to include a 5,000 square foot underground bunker. Complete with its own energy and food supplies. That's not ominous. The sprawling 1,400-acre compound will include over 30 bedrooms and bathrooms. It's basically two mansions connected by a tunnel to the bunker and nearly a dozen treehouse linked by rope bridges. It's where he's going to move after Trump gets elected. <laughs> he's Bring Barbara Streisand yeah. and all the other people who are what does freaking Take out. Babs no. with you. <laughs> What does, what he, does know? he know and I when did he know it? It sounds like the movie Leave the World Behind. <laughs> Weren't they Ooh. saying all the rich people were buying up Hawaii? Maybe the Obamas will go live uh. with him out there. Hmm. Coming up, we'll give away some Doobie Brother tickets, and we'll talk to uh, Anthony Russo about the fallout from what's next in New Hampshire. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.